I talk now, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> one job, Gav. You knew I was going to do that. You knew I was going to do that. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm Gav from Shewar. Uh, apart from having a, a child who I think just chucked his finger into the sweetie drawer. Uh, joining me this evening uh, from down south. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And out west, Mike, how are you doing? I'm well, Gav. Good to hear from you. And you, mate. Like I say, we're, we're multi-continental this evening, aren't we? Yeah. Multi-continental. Yeah, we've got well, the globe uh, Globe trotting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, it, it was what it was tonight. We all knew what it was going to be. Uh, I'll start with you, Mike. Was you a little bit surprised that there wasn't more youngsters starting the game? Would you have started a few more, perhaps? Or do you think I've sort of got the balance right with team morale as it is at the moment uh i wasn't surprised because i looking at arteta's pattern of being conservative with the youngsters i wasn't surprised but quite honestly that really concerns me i know we won i know we've won the group i know we've won every game and all those good things but my concern is that with the senior players at arsenal uh not producing and blowing it up uh in a bad way um, I'm concerned that we. This might sound too dramatic, but that we want we're going to want to sell these senior players sooner rather than later. And I'm concerned that we may actually lose the uh, some of the youngsters who are going to um, get disillusioned. I mean, I don't know why on earth Balogun doesn't start the game, uh, and I don't know why Aziz doesn't come on when Sabayos came on. I see no logic in that, and uh, I know he played, and we can be positive about his first game, but. Here's the thing. There's not going to be another game this season that I can see that Balogun and Aziz are going to get on the field because it's going to get important. Even the Carabao Cup, Manchester City, they're not going to be playing in that game. So these no. are guys you want to keep at the club. These, this is the future of the club. And you had a golden opportunity um, to, to give them significant minutes, not just in this game, but in other games as well. And I hope that doesn't come back to bite the club because there's going to come a time where Tobias and Jacker and Lacazette and all these guys that we don't really want at Arsenal are going to be gone sooner rather than later. And we're going to want these guys to want to play for Arsenal, not want to go play for another club because they weren't given enough chances. So I'm a little bit upset by all of that. That might be over, overdoing it, but I, I really feel that way, Gav. Oh, fair one, Paul. Yeah, I agree with Mike. Um, I was really surprised not to see, you know, way more youngsters starting it. Um, and it's it's even harder when you see the people that do start it and they kind of shit for like the first 80 minutes, you know, like the, the players that are being picked from the senior squad. You'd expect them to be running all over a team like Dundalk. And, um, mm. and tonight, I mean, they were just, I mean, I don't know, to, like some of the, the, the star players that you'd expect to kind of shine in a, in a game like this. You know, didn't seem to they, they seem to be at their level, you know. So yeah. um, I couldn't I couldn't wait to get um Balogun and those guys, you know. It was nice to see Cottrell get a start. Um and Aziz, I've been waiting for him to start for you know, since I kind of he came on my radar a couple of years ago and um I thought he was great tonight. I, I would have loved to have seen him for <laughs> from the start, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean I mean I, I was kinda happy with, I mean Chambers, Cedric, Pepe, you can understand why them feel on the pitch, yeah? No. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm, I mean, Chambers, I Chambers, 
Chambers, think... Chambers is just coming back from injury. He, he needs, he needs yeah, minutes yeah, on yeah, the no. pitch. Hey, you mentioned right. three people. There's one that I, I, I you know, you, I can't agree with. I, I just thought Pepe was his usual. I, I, I think you're, I think, I, like I say, I mean, I, I agree with you, Mike. Pepe was almost brought down to their level, wasn't he? Let's be honest. He, he weren't. Yeah. I mean, I, I know he got, you know, he got an assist in there for. Uh, but that was just goal, but... actually because because he kind of screwed up a pass, it bounced off somebody else, came through to him, and then he looked like he was going to try and shoot and. You know, and and laid it off, which I thought was, you know, I expected him to shoot. To be honest, by the game kind of game he's been playing, I just, you know, anyway. So, Gav, so to go back to your earlier point, those three people that you said, well, I disagree with one of them. I, I would have, I would have loved to see somebody else start. I don't. Oh, right. Mike, Mike Pepe. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's played in two of the other games recently to try to regain his confidence, and he did that. He didn't really help himself this evening. He did, uh, like Paul said. Uh, it's not not as if he's um uh you know not played recently or not been playing much this season. There wasn't really a need for him to play. Um, I just feel like I can't remember the last time Arsenal had a complete freebie. I mean, you know, there's always a need in the last game normally to try to win the groups. So you don't have to play somebody who's won the group. You know, a, a complete and utter freebie. Um, and I, I'm not saying he's blown it because he played some of these guys, but um, I'm wondering, here's, here's a thought for you. Uh, you know, I don't manage, we don't manage these uh, these levels of players and these academy players who are on bigger contracts than they were when we were younger and who uh, probably feel watching the first team that they deserve more. So do you think that the reason that they don't play more is just simply the new generation and the whole entitlement thing? And so let's say, for example, you start Balogun in the last two Europa games and then he plays quite well, and you don't really want to play him in the Premier League yet, and he gets at the half and wants to leave because he feels like he's entitled, and same with Aziz. So that's the only reasoning I can come up with, because logic doesn't tell me that that should be happening when you get a complete freebie of a game. No, I mean, I mean, I, I thought Eddie did well for his first goal. He chased it down, nicked it, scored, and he's done that a couple of times, and I believe he's now had top score this season, uh, which, which is quite remarkable. Uh, and it did seem that it was it was a planned sixty thirty split because I mean he more or less went he more, Eddie more or less went off bang on the sixty minutes so it looked like a sixty thirty contrived split and I don't know I mean do the youngsters know look you know know the fact that look you're getting half an hour you've got to whack everything into your half an hour whereas would you get that out same sort of productivity out of him for a full game. At that age, it's really an odd one, and the odd one with with Balogun, obviously, is it's well documented that his contract is soon to expire. Uh, and as you early said rightly, Mike, that he's not likely to be playing a lot more this season for the first team. You wouldn't have thought. So it's really down to us to tie him down on a decent loan deal. Uh, we've really got to get him into a Championship side uh, or either a lower division. Uh, French or German uh, team that, that he, he needs to progress and what he needs he needs that arm around his shoulder he needs to the thing about the youngsters is you can sometimes have a very very good youngster but if his progression is blocked by two or three better players either two or three years older than him or a player mids when he's in the first team then the player has to move on but with Balogun Mike uh, Paul we'll go over to you 
it almost seems like if he can step this up, he's going to be pushing for a place on the bench. He's going to start pushing Eddie now, isn't he? Yeah, and I think rightfully so. I think that there's quality to Belligan's play um, that I prefer to see. Um, I think um, as much as I rate Eddie, uh, you know, um, he can come under the same kind of scrutiny that Lacazette was getting when he was playing in that role is that, you know, there's a lot of balls that bounce off him. He 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 comes back to collect and then instead of dropping a shoulder and turning and maybe being through, he, he has a tendency to want to keep playing it back, which we all do, um, you know. Um, so I'm not finding Eddie particularly productive. I know he's, he's scored, what, maybe three or four and he's our top scoring player. But there's there's elements of his play that I still find frustrating, and I think um, Balogun seems to have, you know, maybe it's because he's trying to he's you know take the opportunity and seize the bull by the horns, as it were. But I think he seems to be more positive, more physical. He seems to own his space better. Um, he's just more of a presence, you know. I, I find Eddie kind of gets bounced off of defenders, you know, a little too much for my liking. Um, so yeah, there's a, I think that Balogun is going to challenge. Challenge Eddie for that spot, and Mike. Yeah, that, I mean, Mike, his goal, cool, calm, collected, dropped it, opened up the hip, smacked it in the corner. The keeper was, I no keeper would have saved that, would they? Uh, yeah. To me, I mean, you may have seen him a couple of times more more than myself, uh, but he seems more of a nine to ten stroke striker, whereas Eddie's just a flat nine. Is that how yeah. you see? Is that how you're seeing the difference between the two of them? No, not so much. I think he's uh, he's an off the shoulder uh, nine, and once the ball played him behind, I think Eddie's very similar to Lacazette. I think Paul makes a good point there. Eddie doesn't have a whole lot to his game, much like Abamyang doesn't have a whole lot to his game. Did I say Lacazette? I meant Abamyang. Sorry, uh, Abamyang and Eddie, I think, are similar because if they don't score, you're not getting a whole lot of productivity. Um, but my concern is, you know, that Lacazette's been the one out of form, if Eddie would have taken the minutes he did last season from Lacazette in the Premier League and maybe got the starts and got some of the minutes from Lacazette, then he would have had to get his minutes in the Europa League. Then Balogun would have got the minutes. And here's the thing, in the summer, I'm sure everybody would agree that Lacazette's probably one of the players that's most likely to be sold. His contract's going to be up. So he'll be gone. So here's the dilemma. What do you do uh, when you play this Balogun guy twice for a total of half of the game? And you might have sent him on loan, but does that really tell you that he could be the answer so you don't have to dip into the market to replace Lacazette? So that's my concern. Is Arsenal might have their future centre-forward, but we might go through this season and he's played for an hour the whole season and maybe goes to play for, you know, Sunderland or somebody like that. And that doesn't prove that he's good enough for Arsenal. So I think we've just blown an opportunity to find out. Because at this stage, one more thing, at this stage, I think that we should have Balogun on the bench already because he should have been playing a whole lot more and he should be it should be him, Eddie and Aubameyang vying for for those uh, those minutes. But we're leaning into seniors that I think we're going to sell. Very frustrating. Mike, yeah, I mean, I, I get your point, but I think, sorry, Gav, just to interrupt here, but, um, you know, the, he's still a teenager, right? He's a kid, you know, it's like, and, and in some ways it's kind of, you know, it, it just seems kind of representative of us as Arsenal fans that we're looking for the salvation from like the 19 and 20 year olds, you know, in our club because we just don't have the quality of, of seniors. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's, sure, it's great to invest in them as the future and everything. But um, like they just, I mean, you saw with Saka, Saka was going to be the new messiah. 
and we've overplayed him this year. He hasn't really been that productive. I think he's got two goals and or, you know two assists or some four assists and many many minutes of game time. And I just don't think it's feasible to honestly place the kind of you know the kind of um, pressure, pressure that we do on our youngsters to be the the solution, the salvation. The thing is, though, they at that age they want to play. They, at that age, they will play three, four, five times a week. That's the thing that they, they would physically want to do that and mentally want to do that. And yeah, but what are we it's asking just the ones that look that? and come up with that quality? The yeah, what are we asking them to do though? Are we asking you know Balogun to be like uh, like um, you know like a Timo Werner or whatever? Is is he the equivalent? He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the you know the the all of that all of the things that come with. Well, being a striker there's, for there's five Martin, or six there's years. There's Martinelli as well. I mean, you've got to add also, Martinelli. I mean, very inexperienced. I mean, a wonderful runaway goal, Chelsea, and we'd love him to be the solution. And he's got, he's got all that, you know, the drive and the physicality and the impetus. But I feel like, I feel like this is kind of emblematic of the fact that we are desperately clinging to salvation from from places that I'm not sure that we really can afford to. I think we need mm -hmm. to. You know, I mean, the other extreme that we went to was getting people like Willian and stuff that are at the end of their career. But, like, you know, like um, finding somebody on the in-between level that's at the 25, 26-year-old and and just about to peak, you know. Where, where, that's the big, why, that's why the big money, though, mate. I know, but we've just got, I mean, it's, we can't continually be, like, oscillating between, like, old and, and uh, you know, yeah. and, um, no, and inconsistent and young and inexperienced. It's, it's like we keep... Oscillating between those two things, and Mike, maybe I'm speaking rubbish. I don't know. No, That's... I think my, my point is more it's not that I want Balogun to be first choice already, or Martinelli, or even Saka, or any of these guys. But I just feel like when you've got a player that looks like he, you, I mean, if I said to you, I've traveled into the future five years and Balogun is a top Premier League footballer, I don't think you'd be all that surprised. So if, if that's the case, you'd want that to be at Arsenal. So, I mean, my my rewinding, my disappointment was that we didn't get rid of Lacazette in the summer. Because if you get rid of Lacazette, then you've got Aubameyang, Eddie, Martinelli and Balogun. So Balogun gets some of those minutes. And I just don't think he's going to get enough for us to even know. So I don't want him to start. I just want him to get more minutes so we know. And that's my problem is I don't think we we know. Because we well, don't... That, that, that's why... That's what he's, that, Mike, that's that's why the only solution really is he, he needs a, a good loan deal, and I'm not, I'm not talking like no dis disrespect to Sunderland, but I mean they're in the in the third tier. Uh, he needs a Championship side. He needs you know a bottom of the league French or German side, and he needs somewhere where he's going to get eighty to ninety minutes week in week out. Because as it stands at the moment, with Martinelli coming back, he's almost like fourth or fifth choice. Yeah, so get, he's, he's not, he, and it, there's, there's nothing that he can actually do about that apart from you know score a thirty minute hat trick tonight. He, he done his job. He looked good. He was holding up the ball well. He was dropping deep. He was getting on the end of things. He took his finish well. He done everything perfectly right. Arteta can only be can be nothing but extremely delighted with with. He was probably the highlight of the game to me. Uh, but like I say, there, there's no way in the world. He's going to be playing Premiership football, and obviously we're out of the uh, the EFL Cup or whatever they call it. The under where we play our under twenty threes, we went out of that the other night three nil. So he's not going to get any minutes at playing against the third or fourth tier. Yeah, I would for just the rest of the season either. 
Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. And should he go out on loan and get a lot of minutes? That's not ob- not a bad idea. I mean, that's, obviously, that's a definite option and a solution. No doubt. Here's my thing, though. Eddie's played. I mean, you'd have to tell me how many games or minutes Eddie's played. I don't keep up with stats so well. But but we we relied on Eddie last season. He was first choice for a decent while. And he's only just a little bit older than Balogun. So I'm just thinking if Arsenal have proved that they're willing to do it with youngsters, um, then why some but not others, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, listen, I agree with you, Mike, because I, I also think he should have started and I do want to see him get more minutes. I don't want him to see him to be like a Gnabry or somebody who doesn't get, you know, utilised fairly um, and then goes out on loan and has, some, has to deal with some shitty fucking rugby managers, you know, struggles with that and then eventually goes, well, you know what, like, <laughs> I've been yours for however many years that he was at the club and, and it's like, you know, I've got better offers and I'm, and I'm leaving, you know, that's not, you know, I don't want that to happen to any of our players. There were already a couple that, you know, we've lost in the last, in the last year or so that I would have preferred to see stay. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I think, I think that this is, this is kind of the scab on top of another saw that's festering underneath us. And that's, that's about not really knowing, you know, not really having the, a functioning, no. Even our first it's, and second choice I mean, aren't functioning. So, like, it's it's just like a domino effect for me. It's like you know, you know, the expectation gets passed. It's like the baton gets passed along to younger and younger and less experienced people to rescue us out of a hole. And I'm not sure how how we get out of the hole that we're in. But I feel like we're in the hole. Watching tonight felt like it. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, my thing is, I mean, the championship this season, the the tier two, is very very competitive, and it will be very very competitive all year. So, I mean, there's probably eight or nine teams in the championship where he's going to get his 30 minutes or 60 minutes every week. So, anyway, I think we've we've waxed on about that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, the conundrum that's Woodock. Another goal. I don't think he played too well. I, I thought he played all right tonight, to be fair. He took his goal well. I mean, he opened, he opened up the... Uh, Obviously, it's a pass back by Balagan. He sort of who held it up superbly there. By the way, drew the drew the defenders to him. Woodlock's just sort of slotted it over his left foot, opened up the space. Another touch to settle himself, and the keeper had no chance. Uh, but I thought his overall game was good, and it still bemuses me that he's not playing as much in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, this is going to sound so negative, but it's I I can't wrap my head around it because here's the thing you know we're, we're saying we don't have the squad we don't have the team and I've got to disagree with that it's not perfect and it's nowhere near complete but we have a functioning modern midfield at London Colney that we do not put on the pitch in Premier League games for example you could have um, any three of El Nenny who's improved this year Party, Willock and Maitland-Niles as your midfield and get rid of the Jack of Tobias thing. Um, and for me, you know, ideally for right now, I would love to see El Nenny at, at the base uh, with Party and Maitland-Niles being the running eights, box to box, uh, or, or Willock as, as an option because Willock's, um, even tonight, he didn't, he wasn't spectacular. There wasn't much that was memorable, but yet again, he scores. And, you know, let's, let's make this super simple. Football's about Arsenal aren't scoring goals. Joe Willock scores goals. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, not to say, I mean, yourself, Paul, Willock tonight, and indeed go on to make, make, make the Niles if you want to. 
Yeah, well, um, Willick tonight, I don't think it was his best game. I mean, but he was he was functional and he and like Mike says, he he's in the right place at the right time, which is what you want, you know, for a box to box guy. He's good at carrying it. There was an opportunity, I think it was around the middle of the second half, where we were on the break and Willick had it with quite a lot of space, and I think we had a three on two situation. And for some reason, it was just very unlike him. Like for somebody who has, you know, like a directness about him. He kind of drifted off towards the left, and uh, you know it wasn't really drawing anyone away. It was like they were, everyone was going for the same space, and it kind of ended up fizzing out and going to nothing. And, and that was a bit disappointing. But just in general, I think he's, I think he's like Mike said, he's earned a place. I would like to see that. I think El Nani has been our most consistent, clockwork, very few mistakes. I mean, that goal that he scored today was a world. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Well, who, who knew? He, who knew he had that in his locker? Who I know knew he had that. That you know, Lacazette's one last week was was pretty good, but Elneny one made made that one look kind of tame. But um, so Elneny, uh, you know, I think that he he brings a kind of a level of solidity and and an energy, and obviously he's got an engine, um, which is what you need for somebody who's going to play that defensive role. Um, and I would like to see Party. Um, uh, hopefully he's going to be okay. I'm not sure if, if his injury, how bad it was, um, if he's going to be back for Burnley. But I think Partey, you know, has has also proven himself in the, in the kind of cameos that we've had of him. And um, you know, sure, Willock or Maitland Niles, both both offer, you know, I think they they yeah they offer kind of a coolness and a calmness and an and a youthfulness, and energy that 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 we could do do with. Um, you know, so we've got the solidity. A bit more. Can I just chime yeah, in? No. Got a thought here, Gab. Um, I'm just hoping, yeah, Willock reminds me uh, somewhat of Aaron Ramsey, not all the way around, but I felt that we wasted Aaron Ramsey's time at Arsenal because to me, he was a box to box player in a 4 3 3, which we never played him played down the right. Yeah, Wenger played him down the right far too much. Well, it wasn't it just that. Yeah. He played him in the two, didn't he? So every time. Aaron Ramsey went forward, which he still did. We were left with uh, whoever on an island, whether it was Jack or Song or whoever it might have been. So Ramsey needed to play in a 4-3-3. So there were two people behind him giving him the freedom to go forward. It's the same with Joe Willock. Joe Willock can score you goals, but he needs to play in a 4-3-3 where he has the freedom <coughs> to go forward and not be reliant just like tonight. Uh, otherwise, he was, he was, you know, leaving a hole again. So... Uh, I hope that doesn't turn out for Joe Willett because I think there's a player there. Yeah, and Ramsey gave us goals which we need, right? So, and Willick yeah. is similar. So, I mean, I, I, the only the only thing I, I look at Willock and I think I'm not sure whether he's still maturing his body shape for his age and size. Do you know what I mean? I want to see him be a bit bigger and a bit meatier. Although he does now, hold I, people. I mean, Gav, when he makes those runs. He's got a, he's slippery, man. Like he's Teflon. He bounces off people. He, he keeps, I've, you know, I've seen him I make just, a few. I just want to see, people... a bit, I, I, I don't, I just, for his positioning in, in the pitch, I just right. want to see a bit, like I say, I, I'm not like having a pop or having a dig at him about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that obviously different young men's boys develop at different stages. Right. And they beef out at different stages. So I'm wondering whether Willock is going to be better once he's, if he does beef out a little bit more. Yeah, there may, Vieira, there may be a Vieira hidden in there somewhere genetically, you know, because <laughs> I mean, I saw him with um, Cedric Suarez when they were giving each other a hug when um, after his goal, 
and he's a good 10 inches. I mean, not that Suarez is tall, but I mean, he looked like he was a good head taller than Suarez. I think Willock is growing, you know, probably still growing, um, which I think, yeah, can only benefit him. Um, Let, let's get, let's get, we're going to do a bit of a boring one now, Mike, for those who are still listening to us. The keeper. I'm in a little WhatsApp group with the, uh, the Arsenal cycling boys. Uh, and one of them said, I played goal, goalie at a fairly decent standard and I would have been disappointed with those two. Has Mike gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's gone. He doesn't want to talk about the keeper. Doesn't want to talk about keepers. <laughs> Don't blame me. You're boring keepers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, right. So this this fella's gone. Uh, I played, you know, I played in goal at a fairly decent standard and I'll be disappointed with them two goals. And another fella turned around and said, I'm 48, I'm well overweight, I've never played in goal before in my life, I'd be disappointed with them two goals. So, the question to uh, Mike, was you be disappointed with them two goals by the keeper tonight? Can you hear me, Mike? I'm I'm breaking, say that again, Gab, you're breaking up, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. Would you be would you have been disappointed with the two goals by the keeper tonight? Do you think that was something that uh, he should have done better with? I'm not hearing that, Paul. Could you repeat that um, for me? Mike, maybe reconnect. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Maybe you need to just reconnect quickly. But um, basically, he was saying, if you were the keeper, would you have been disappointed letting in those two goals tonight? Sorry, guys. I'm just going to have to re- rejig here. I'm okay, you guys go are breaking up. Give me a second. Paul, 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 yourself. I, I mean, you, you've got you've got the build of a slippery cat, Paul. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, sorry. Is that a slippery gin? Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, tonight, tonight, I'm going for the um, monkey shoulder. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, was, um, like, so, I didn't think the key. Did... Yeah, I would have been disappointed um, with the second one. I didn't see the first one. Um, mm. The second one, I felt he was maybe just caught a little off balance and reacted a bit slow. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a header, wasn't mm. it? Was a header into the to the right hand? Well, the kind of. It kind of hit the well. The at the back of his I, head. I yeah, I don't. I don't know whether you two you two get the uh, the woman that's Karen commentating. Yeah, yeah, Karen. It was a Karen. It was a Karen. It was a Karen yeah. goal. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> K- Karen. So she went from it was a beautiful glanced header to oh he's just angles his his head so it hit him off the back of it to or it might have hit his shoulder in the space of about five seconds. She's possibly the worst commentator, male uh, or female, I've ever fucking heard. She's terrible. You don't, get her. You don't get her. But our guy had a good chirp because he was like, oh, what a fantastic header by Hoare or whatever his name was. And then they showed the replay and he was like, um, was a great header if only, if only he'd got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about sums it up. But it would, like I say, I mean, the, the, there's, uh, there's much chatter. Obviously, you can't chat about it on open social media channels because – the minute you say that a female commentator is rubbish, which she was, which she is rubbish, because we've had it from all the champions, all the uh, Europa League games, uh, you get accused of some kind of ism. Uh, but the fact is, she just does not know what she's talking about. Uh, is there such a thing but, as conditism? 
Yeah, every kind, every kind of ism. You get accused of all sorts of isms if you just dare tell the truth about somebody who isn't white male and balding and fat like us three. No offence, Mike. <laughs> exactly, the pale males. Um, Mike, yeah. um, did you? Are you back? Can you hear us? Now? Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Fantastic. keep 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 a mic. Uh, we're just basically, you know, apart from my little rant about that commentator, uh, before we close up, just saying, do you think the keeper could have? I mean. Do you think the keeper could have done any better with either of them? Um, I'm not sure. Not enough to warrant criticism for me. I think he uh, he impresses me more than than he doesn't. I think he has excellent positioning. Whenever there's any threat of a ball over the top or through, he always swallows them up because he sees it quicker, probably quicker than Leno does. Very confident with his feet. You can see that. I do. I'm always concerned with the goalkeeper who's under six foot, and I'm assuming he is because. Uh, you know, there's there's so much in the Premier League that you have to deal with in the air, uh, in particular. Um, so, um, you know, moving forward, we'll see what happens. I think Arsenal will go back for the Brentford keeper um, anyway in the in the summer. So um, yeah. we'll see, or even January. We never know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, gents, uh, we're coming up to half an hour. I know we sometimes. Uh, Going a little bit longer than this, sometimes a little bit shorter. But I just think tonight was was what it was. Uh, if I paraphrase Mike here, you think it was a little bit of a, a missed opportunity to be playing more of the youngsters. Uh, Paul, you're just disappointed your glass is not as big as your gin glass. I know. Uh, I to drink whiskey out of a fishbowl. Uh, for normal. And I had a nice steak whilst watching the first half. So I think it was kind of one of them nights, lads, wasn't it, really? Not a steak through your heart. <laughs> oh, don't! That was Sunday. What do you guys? Uh, think? What do you guys right, think? Of Smith we... quickly. What's that? What do you guys think of Smith Rowe really quickly? Because I think he's. Oh, we did, yeah, we did really do that. Uh, closest to all of us helping because he's actually the one. Uh, you know, Balogun. We don't necessarily need as much as I think we need the skill set of Smith Rowe. I was kind of see. I mean, I I see Smith Rowe as playing more centrally. And this evening, he played predominantly down the left. And during the second half, he did swap over to the right side at some point or vice versa. Uh, so he seems pretty two-footed, right, Mike? Is he? Is he well, is he well two-footed? As good as Santi? Or... No, no, not Smith Rowe, I wouldn't say. I think he uses his left foot. He doesn't ignore it like some of them. But but Gavgat is a good point. He did play left and right. But I think that that I think one of the wide forwards has the responsibility to wander. I mean, William wanders, doesn't he? And you find him centrally. So I think if you are on the left, on the team sheet, doesn't mean you have to stay on the left. You can wander and connect. And that's that word there, connect, is what Arsenal are missing. There's a, a massive you know, issue with lack mm -hmm. of connection between back and front. And, you know, again, I'll go back to my original point that Arsenal could have the solution at the club, but he doesn't get to play much. And he's been sitting on the bench for most of the Europa League games. He has been fit for most of them and he only got to start tonight. So is he the solution? I don't, I think none of us know. Yeah, is he, you, 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 that's, that's, the, that's, that's the thing, Mike. I mean, are you going to put him down the middle in front of Woodock at the moment? And the answer is no, because Woodock's banging on the door and Woodock's been, been getting the goals and I would Woodock, 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 Woodock played a lot last season. So it's, 
Smith Road to me tonight, even though, like I say, someone will look it up and show stats that he's played quite a lot of times down the down down the wide. Uh, but to me, he was almost shoehorned in tonight, and I'm fed up. And I'm, I saw it too much under Wenger. I'm fed up and bored of seeing players shoehorned into positions that aren't their natural positions. So right. again, to me, he's another one who, like I say, if we if we rewind twelve months, and I said. You know what? Smith Rowe needs a bloody good loan deal. And he went to Huddersfield and he got a bloody good loan deal. Do you know what I mean? They absolutely loved him up there. So the problem is, is because he's come back and he's spent six, seven, eight months or whatever was injured. Yeah. He's in the same boat. He's lost a year. So, yeah. so, and this, this is where I do, Mikel and Murtisaka, well, probably not to a degree anymore. And whoever's dealing with the, you know, I think we've got a manager who deals just with the loans and the loan deals these days. Uh, they've got to sit down and they've got to seriously think, where the hell is Smith Rowe going to be playing for the rest of the season? Because it shouldn't be in our under-23s, Paul, should it? No, I, I don't think so. But we've got, a, I mean, we've got a big problem. We've got too many players. We've got senior players that are off the books, you know, whether you agree with it or not. We've got youngsters that are coming up. We've got old players on huge salaries that seem to be inconsistent and not earning their place. We've got top signings that are, um, <laughs> I don't know what the word is to describe. <laughs> frustrating. Uh, I was just going to uh, say, uh, uh, earning their money and not doing much. Yeah, so I, I think, think we're in a bit of a shambles, and I, I feel really sorry for Arteta. And I think I think people need to be patient because the problem that he inherited. Um, has has got worse, but I think that I think the season without the fans and with with this kind of COVID fatigue and these guys in the bubble, I can only imagine it's been like really shitty for everybody. And I, and you can see it in sides; they kind of seem to, you know, you know, they the top of the top, of, you know, like really performing, and then the next couple of weeks they're losing three in a row. It doesn't matter if it's City or, you know, there's there's very few teams that have been consistent. Um, and I think we're falling foul of that. And I think a run of four or five games and you know, 12 points out of 15, and then we're back in the, you know, top third of the table, and then we forget this shitty fucking November and December that we've had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I mean, Mike, I mean, I'm, like I say, I will whack this over to you, mate. Uh, we're in a position, obviously, where we need somebody, to use your words again, to connect. Yeah. We need we, we need a, an eight who can score goals, who can connect the play, who can create chances. And the problem seems to be that we've got nobody who can be trusted who's going to be doing it at, at the senior level. But we've got three or four options of, of kids. And we've got a lot of good kids coming through. So, I mean, it, it's almost, I'm almost thinking, just bite the bullet, play the bloody kids. Just play all of them. Well, you, uh, you, yeah, but there's the... There's a yeah, you could you could do that. There's a balance though. I think there's three players that he could try as the connector that are at the club. One is Saka. Uh, he's got the skill set. One is William. We thought William was being bought as an attacking mid. That was the rumor. Well, he hasn't played there. And the third one is Smith Rowe. And and Smith Rowe is the best option if you look at his profile. But what we've done though, Gavin, this is what's so frustrating is we played Joe when we have played with four at the back. Our connector, we've had a connector, and it's been Willett. That's not his game. That's the that's the worst thing that he does on a football pitch. 
is collect and pass. He doesn't do that. But we played him or we played Lacazette. And Lacazette, to be honest with you, has played better there than he has at centre forward. But he's not our long-term solution as a connector. And we have the players at the club, but he hasn't put the players that we've got in the position. And Smith Rowe, um, Smith Rowe is the one that I think is the most natural to do that. But again, he's not been given a chance. So I just is it is it is it not given the chance or not ready just yet? That's well, the thing. That that's that's what that's that that I mean. Obviously, that's the million-dollar question. Is when you. And you can only look at Saka, apart from obviously being overplayed this year and, you know, what the England national team to doing was a, an absolute disgrace. But he's been bought through, pulled out, bought through, pulled out. Uh, but I mean, when is the time that, especially in, especially in the central midfield sort of areas, is it's like, right, OK, I'm giving you the next five games. Yeah. Is, is, well, it, is, it, is it down to our set to actually make a decision and say, right, Next five games are yours. You play fucking shit or you have a stormer, you're having the next five games. Is is that the sort of like, does he need to sort of almost like ease the pressure off them so they're, they're comfortable and they know what their role is and they, they can sort of build into it over a couple of games? Yeah. And do you know what, Gav? If you were the manager and you did that, I would give you a round of applause. It's the opposite to what our manager does right now. It seems like literally the opposite. If you play well, you don't even make the squad. For the next game and that's what's so bizarre is that you know uh, and, the, and the answer to your question that you asked is the opportunity was the Europa League that's gone it's gone we've done it now we played Smith Rowe for 90 minutes and maybe we, uh, you know there was another sub appearance there so we don't know what the answer is so I would play him in the Premier League game against Burnley because he's got to be better than Lacazette and Willock as a 10 and and it's his natural game and um, we have to know before the January transfer window because you better believe that Arsenal are going to try and sign a creative player, but they might have one at the club, but they don't know because they won't play him. But Mike, it, it's hard for him. Um, I'm just going to put myself in Arteta's shoes. You know, he's 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 coming under a lot of fire. We've lost three games in a row at home. You know, for him to think about Balogun and Balogun's future at the club when actually if he loses another one at home. You know, like maybe his job's going. You know, it's like it's hard for Arteta. I mean, Arteta has to kind of try and and work. You know, fix an engine while the while the car is in motion. And I think that it's really hard for him because he does need to get results. And it's hard to completely trust yourself. You know, with with kids and to put that kind of pressure on the kids too. Does it damage them? Does it? Do they know that this that it's being put on them? Do they know that they're the ones running onto the pitch to maybe lose the fourth consecutive game at home? Is that something that's fair to to do to those people? I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, and I'm just like, you know, well, I think it's easy for us to talk from the point of view of yeah. like, of, you know, yeah. like we're not going to lose our jobs. Well, okay. how about this? And how about on like on Sunday? I mean, we normally play two kids per game. I think that's probably a a fair number. There's about two of them out there. Yeah. Saka plus one. Okay, well, let's give Saka a rest. He needs a rest at some point. Let's play, um, I mean, Reese Nelson would, well, there's there's another kid there, but you could play, um, you, for example, you could have Pepe and Willian on the, gosh, I said Willian. Pe you, you could have Pepe and Willian on the wings, and you could play Smith Rowe as one of your kids and not have to play all the kids, whatever, you know, whatever that means to us. Um, and, and that's the same as we do every weekend. We play senior players plus two kids. But I think he's, Sometimes putting out the wrong kids. Nelson should have had a crack. Smith Rowe should have had a crack. And but, playing the wrong players in the wrong positions. But against Burnley, that means if he's going to put Smith Rowe on, it means as it is right now, he's going to throw Lacazette off because he's trying to put Lacazette there 
so that he can put a Bamiang down the middle, you know, so like it's the, the you know, but then against Burnley, do you want somebody like Smith Rowe or do you want Lacazette? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's more like absolutely, absolutely. And, and, it, and do you know what, Paul? And I know you like Lacazette, and he has played very well to me, considering he's a centre forward, been asked to play as a second striker. I've been impressed, but hit to me is the bottom line, and then I'll shut up because Gav needs to, to chime in. But um, I do you want to lean into players that you're going to sell? Because I think everybody knows that Lacazette is going to be sold. So do you want to lean into Lacazette or do you want to lean in actually want to keep? Because if you don't lean into Smith Rowe as an example, then what might happen is Lacazette leaves anyway and Smith Rowe leaves as well because he didn't get the opportunity when he knew that he could have been the solution and the club needed the player. And he's waving at them saying, I can what, do what is this contract situation right now, Mike? I don't know. Mr. I don't know. Smith Rowe. Smith, yeah, Smith 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 Rowe's got a few years left on him. I think he's got at least another he's got at least another two years left on him. I don't know. It's it's easy to it's easy for us. I when I say easy, it's not that easy to to witness it and to be, you know, to invested in it emotionally and spiritually and intellectually like we are because you know we're kind of talking about stuff that we have very little. Yeah, you know, we can't change it. We're kind of reactionary always because we're not making the selections. We never really get to to test drive our. Ideas occasionally the manager might it might overlap like Gav Gav on the, the other day with Chris was saying oh why don't they try like an eight to ten role and they did and actually it worked out quite well it's nice to see that kind of thing it doesn't happen a lot you know mm. but what I, me being right yeah exactly <laughs> but um I just think I think that maybe it's more I, I I would I mean I would hate to have to judge I would hate to have to balance all the different energies on people coming, people going, people staying, people expecting. I don't know what the contracts are saying about how much game time people are going to get. Uh, you know, there's energy. You want to keep a guy's confidence up, even though he's been inconsistent. You know, and you know there's a player there. It's like it's constantly yeah, see, weigh these yeah. things up. You know, this is this is the this is the thing, right? We live in an instant world now, right? You get your email instant, and I mean, I saw a thing on some quiz the other day. Uh, 120 years ago, there was 3.2 billion letters sent per year in the UK, right? Now, that's probably that in emails a day, right? We live in an instant world. Everybody wants instant success, instant success. They, nobody wants to take a step back to rebuild. And what it seems to me at the moment is we're almost on the prefaces. Yes, that's a posh word for me, right? Of the early George Graham years, where George Graham got rid of the aging, overpaid superstars. And he pulled through half a dozen kids at exactly the same time, in exactly the same team together. Right? And that that took two, you know, like I say, that gelled in two, three years. Obviously, but two, you know, three years, it's like dog's years these days. Two, three years. Well, exactly. Like I mean, Arteta, yeah, I mean, Arteta, you know, He's not going to be given that. And that, that's the problem where in this instant gratification world where if Arsenal lose one game where we're getting relegated and you know we're, we're complete dog shit or you know if we win one game, suddenly we're going to win the league again. It's, it's all bollocks. Uh, and like I say, the people that know it's all bollocks is the people that are running the club. But it's whether or not they're going to be given the time. And... What Arteta needs to be secure in the fact, really, is the fact that he's going to be given the time so that he can play more than the two or three kids per game. But, yeah. I mean, if you look, when there's two kids playing, there's three or four others on the bench. So there's at least five, six kids. Well, we're saying kids. 
Do you know what I mean? You know, they're all they're all you know nineteen plus nineteen to twenty three, but there's still five or six involved every single match day squad. So why not start playing them all together? Because the way I sit at the moment is we ain't got nothing to fucking lose by doing it. Failing anyway. Yeah. It, it, you know, like I say, it, it, we've got nothing to, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to complete, I don't understand why he's playing Sabios, to be fair, even though Sabios can be sometimes our best player. It wouldn't bother me if Shaka fucked off. It wouldn't bother, in fact, it wouldn't bother me if every single player, apart from the youth, the kids that come through from Howland, upped and fucked off tomorrow. It okay. really would not bother me. There, there's there's literally no players that I have, apart from the youth, you know, the, the Howland boys. There's no player at Arsenal that I have any form of emotional attachment to whatsoever. I feel yeah. like so, that's kind of why it's hard to watch football these days. I mean, Chris doesn't want to. Yeah. Chris is not even like, watching. Just, just, like, just I, don't feel like, I don't feel a connection. Yeah. And like I say, it, 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 pays, it pays itself back. If the yeah. kids come through, you know, so, yeah. and, Genius. you know, if the kids come through it and it works, it's oh, oh Tierney. Tierney, Tierney, he's a Tierney's awesome. I just wish he'd practice with his right foot every now and then. Yeah, so he could just, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean him. I mean, you know, he's like I say, he carries on how he's going, and I'm going to put him for a, a Freeman ship of the City of London, so he can he can drive his sheep across London Bridge and all that bollocks. But <laughs> I mean, but him 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 aside, like I say, I mean, Bangham, if he went, I will. I will like I say, it's sad to say, but I would not give a monkeys. If, yeah. Like I say, so quickly we got to that point, you know, when he was golden boot the year before last and runner up last year, and now we're at the point where we're saying we couldn't give a shit. Meanwhile, when he signed, you know, when he signed over the over the summer, it was it felt like a big mm. deal. I was glad he'd signed because it felt like a if we hadn't, we'd gone down the Van Persie kind of route and it would just all have fallen apart. Like the yeah. gra- in a sense, it wouldn't have held. So it's just we're in a strange fucking time right now. Everything is yeah. so accelerated and heightened, and 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 as much as we're feeling the pressures of of how the world has changed, I'm sure these footballers must be feeling that you know multiplied by ten. They're living in a bubble. they except their bubble is highly public. It's like a fishbowl. You know, I, I think it must be really really tough. And I feel sorry for for anybody. Well, they're, 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 they're in a, they're in a bubble anyway. I mean, these professional football players are in a bubble. I mean, you, you go back and listen to stories about Charlie George. Charlie George, if we'd lost on a Saturday, he couldn't even go down the pub on a Sunday or leave his house. So, you know, they're, they're, these footballers these days are so detached, even from the players that sort of were coming through and I grew up watching. I mean, at least we got to see Tony Adams falling downstairs in nightclubs and, you know, all that lot going out and getting drunk all the time. The players yeah. these days are in a, are in a complete, <laughs> de- you know, are in a complete bubble now. But it's, I don't know. I just really think it's it's really coming very very close to the time where Arteta's got to literally either chuck them all out on decent loans, or just just play them all. Do you know what yeah. I mean, just 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 get on with it. Just chuck four four or five of them every game. Just bloody yeah. get on with it, and let, you know, let them sink and swim, Mike. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, this is what I foresee happening, and it just keeps coming back to the <coughs> same point that I'm making. Sorry. So, is okay, January, this is what I foresee happening. There's going to be bids for Maitland Knowles. Yeah. No, yeah. Exactly. See, Gav's kid disagrees with me. Exactly. I'm going to make sure that I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> um, 
This is what's going to happen in January, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Maitland Niles will have bids again because he's not playing. He played today, but generally speaking, he's not playing. He's not in squads. He's not getting on the field. And when he had a great game in the Europa League at centre midfield, next game, not there to be seen at all. I don't even know if he was even in the squad. Okay, so, so what's going to happen is that we will uh, be selling Xhaka in the summer. I think everybody feels that that's probably going to happen. So we get we lose him, and we could lose what could be the replacement in Maitland-Niles because he is fed up. And he knows, you could see in that interview after that game, he knows he's got the legs, he knows he's more dynamic. They're the two things. And he also, and here's, the, here's another big part of it, he knows that the Premier League needs modern, athletic, dynamic, fast, Builders, whether we like that or not, that's what the Premier League needs, and he is that. And so, again, that, yeah. of, of all the of all the players I mentioned that we, I think we probably need to play. He's the one I'm most nervous about because he's not a kid. He's 23 years of age. He's the solution to Arsenal's short-term problem at central midfield. He may disappear off to another team in January because he's fed up, and we keep Granite Xhaka. So tell me that that's a smart thing, because it's not. Syed says he's going to go to United and replace Pogba. I won't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, this is, the, this is the other thing. I mean, like, so I know I, I go back on the history of, of stuff as well. Uh, and it was uh, it was Paul Davis's birthday yesterday. And uh, he was called Pops. He was a snicker player, right? uh, <laughs> Paul, you know, Paul, Paul Davis was called Pops by, by, by the young players. And... He was not only a very, very uh, big role model with regards to the, the young black players coming through from London at the time, uh, but he also he was he was somebody that had gone through the Arsenal ranks who was helping them come through. And if you go for what, and you're taking Mike's side of the story here, that's what Mike Knowles should be. Yeah. Mike Knowles should be the sort of you know the the pops to to Saka and to Balogun and. Reese Nelson, someone who's who's got the experience and who's got the time on the pitch, and they're going to relate more to him by being another Howard End boy than they are from someone like Zaka. Yeah, yeah, and or also Myers. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's just it's just building a team. I just don't think they've got the right thing about building a team, and it's you you could have the eleven best players in the world. They ain't going to win the league. If you've got the best one team in the world, they are going to win the league, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily make the make the best individual eleven players. Because I mean, you can't tell me that. I mean, our, our famous back five again, rambling on, right? Wasn't the best individually defensive defensive people in the, in the world, but as a unit, they were the best defensive unit. Right. So it, it's just it's just, it's it's too much about. I just see too much that it should be more team building and the sum of the parts, etc., than than what's going on at the moment, which is too in and outy. But I'm gonna shut up. I could I could go on a fucking about hours for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a point at which Arteta has to, you know, he's he's gotta, you know, take that take the dice and, and give them a, a throw because he can't keep doing the same thing. You know, running the same formula. You know, if, if the only ingredients you're going to use are like garlic and pasta every week, then you're going to get fucking garlic pasta every week. You know what I mean? If you want to change, you know, you're going to have to add a new ingredient, and then it takes some courage to maybe you'll lose the garlic pasta. You know, um, lovers, <laughs> your regulars, but yeah. you might, you know, like win a whole whole new 
know. Well, no, that's the thing. I, I don't. I don't think we're like I say. I don't think we're too too far off. But that's a story of Arsenal since we moved from Highbury. Is we've always been two or three players far off. Now it's yeah. either we start selling the the youngsters uh, and trying to buy players in, or we take a step back and realise that you know this may take a couple of years and play them. And yeah. we all know what Cronky's like with his money. So that's where we are. It's, it, but at the moment, we're trying to do both. And we yeah. can't do both. We've either got to basically, <coughs> for want of a, an expression my mate's mum used to say, is you've got to shit or get off the pot. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's another... we, You can't do both. Yeah, the other thing is that we might accidentally fall into a solution because it's December. So he can't play Zachary and Tobias, for example all the way through December, he can't. Um, no. So we might accidentally find out that through my, I'm pining for Maitland-Niles as a central midfield solution. Well, we might get to find out that it is just because he has no choice. The other two are, are injured or they're fatigued. He has to play and we get to find this out by almost by accident. Mm-mm. Well, yeah. some, of the, some of the best things in the world happen by accident. <laughs> oh, Gav. Don't be so hard on yourself. Right, gents, on, on that happy, cheery note, we've we've gone from winning 4-2, seeing a load of youngsters, to three old bastards from three corners of the world having a fucking moan up. I think on that note, we should, uh, should wind it in for the evening. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you two esteemed gentlemen. Uh, and thank you, Paul, for pressing the buttons. You've got the one job. <laughs> yeah, trying not to talk over this, Gav. <laughs> and but, um, uh, yeah, well, you, you know, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna deliberately I know you mess it up, it. don't you? I, mean, I, I can't, I can't not do it. Uh, and yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, this this little pub chat will be back after the uh, the game on Sunday. And uh, yeah, up the Arsenal, lads. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Mm-hmm.